The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. And we have a different kind of episode lined up for you today because it's our 100th episode. And to celebrate, I've invited some members of our Sacred Changemakers Inner Circle to join me for a discussion. We're talking about embracing the role of Sacred Changemaker in life and business. And let me tell you, it's an insightful and energetic conversation about reimagining business as we know it today and creating a new more human approach. In fact, as our panel suggests, this is already happening in many different parts of the world. But before we dig into the content, let me introduce you to today's guests. For sake of brevity, I'm not going to read out their bios. Please go to the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com to get more details about our guests. I'm simply going to just headline each guest. So we have today, we have Al Spicer, as founder and CEO of Extraordinary Life Inc. Al has been a trusted, confident and strategic advisor to senior level executives for over 20 years. Krina Ankuta is a relationship coach, empowering women executives to live fulfilled personal lives and amplify their impact as inspirational, authentic leaders. Shari Goodwin, an innovative strategist, leadership coach, author, speaker, and horsewoman who runs equine-assisted leadership programs. Claudia Lindby works with leaders to redefine performance leadership, combining 25 years of experience from international business with a deep understanding of what it means to be human. Lynn Russo. Lynn is the CEO and founder of The Conscious Leader, a coaching and consulting company helping business leaders create intentional cultures to produce exceptional outcomes. Now, let me tell you, this is a global panel that we have today with uh, uh, people from Denmark and, and London and, and also across the United States. So you're going to hear something of a global conversation with different cultures and different perspectives about the subject we're talking about. And today we're answering one of the questions that honestly I get asked most, which is, what is a sacred change maker? Like, what does it mean? And I can't think of better people to answer that than our guests who are all living deeply into their soul's purpose, being truly authentic with what matters most to them and using their business as a transformational force for good. Now, this conversation, it is rich and deep and filled with lots of insights about how business and leadership is changing. But we're not talking in abstract ways because we're all in the trenches working with leaders to stay ahead of the curve. And so you're going to hear some very practical advice that can help you in your life and business. And I think you're going to enjoy this vibrant dialogue. So let me introduce you to my friends and members of our inner circle. 
Hey everyone and welcome to our 100th episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Congratulations, very exciting. Yeah, it, t- it totally is, Al, it really is. And, you know, here we are. And your list- our listeners have heard each of your intros because I've, I've, I've recorded that before. But, you know, I've kind of introduced you. But what I'd like to begin with is just really welcoming each of you individually so that our listeners can really get a sense of your voice so they can put a voice to a name as we go into our conversation today. So let me just go through each of you. So Al, you're the one that I think people will get your voice, but Al Spicer, <laughs> welcome. Greetings. Yes, I think uh, my tone will be a little different. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Great to have you, Al. Krina, welcome. Me. Thank you, Jane, for having me here. I am a bit of a, you know, hidden <laughs> voice <laughs> due to a cold. So, yes, this will be me today. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, Krina. Uh, Shari, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. So great to be here with everyone. I'm going to try to voice myself like Al. Um, (laughs) Just to confuse everyone. (laughs) Claudia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. And you'll recognize me by my Danish accent. (laughs) Love it. And Lynn Russo, last but by no means least, welcome, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, glad to be here. It's the first podcast I've been able to participate even though I've known you for a while so yeah, yeah yeah and you're coming on actually later in the in the year so looking forward to that okay guys so here we are at the beginning of January 2023 it's a new year it's new energy and I just want to open our conversation today because we've got a really great title for our conversation and it's about embracing the role of sacred change maker in life but also in business and what does that mean because really that's one of the questions that I get the most from our podcast listeners like what does it mean to be a sacred change maker and And all of you are in our inner circle, you know, which is one of my favorite groups. It really is in the whole wide world. And I can't wait to hear what it means to each of you as we go through our conversation today. But let's start with some context. Here we are, January 2023. I mean, what's your sense of kind of where we are in the world and what the world is going through right now? How would you describe these times? Straightforward and obvious, no problem. (laughs) Yeah, as if. (laughs) What's there to talk about? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's anything but that, isn't it? Right. Right. Mm. I think what first comes to mind is is creative destruction. I think we've been talking about transformational times for for a while now, and and it it feels like a very rough part of that journey like a really narrow passage that we're going through and I, I suppose it's also a question of faith that that there's actually creativity hidden in all of what's going on um, around us and for us and with us and within us right now so it's both really rough and I also remain hopeful mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, Claudia. That actually reminds me. I just had a conversation yesterday with a colleague of mine, 
and you know realizing that significant change in who we are as human beings and the planet it's it's disruptive and it can be destructive and obviously the pandemic was that every generation has its small medium and large adversities that they have to face whether it's world wars and different generation for example or in our case recently you know the covid pandemic and um I agree. I think it's it's so easy to get on the the bandwagon of all the negativity and the divisiveness and the politics and all the really negative toxic things. But on the other side of that, if you think yin and yang, there's always light with the dark. That it's remembering that there is a creative, opportunistic, perhaps evolutionary and constructive growth that's unfolding, mm-hmm. even though it's really, really hard to see when we're in it right now. Mm-hmm. So that's one perspective that I've been holding and exploring. And um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I believe in it. I'm not just saying that intellectually. I genuinely believe that this is in service of, I always like to say that life is in service of us, you know, for us, not against us. For me, I would say... It's interesting after navigating a year of adapting to the post-pandemic world, (laughs) it doesn't feel like we have a very clear sense of direction. Although we are aware of the big problems humanity is facing and uh, maybe the, the, the good part of it is this balance between having clarity on where we would like to go as people, as organizations, and at the same time, being comfortable that we won't be able to control the process Mm -hmm. and allowing us to adapt to whatever comes and kind of embracing maybe the bigger or the better which will come. Again, leaning on on the positiveness and the hope we we have for this year. I think I I totally agree with you, Crane. I think that's such a great point. And for me, it's really around embracing the uncertainty of the situation Mm -hmm. and um, and making peace with chaos, if that's possible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, looking, Looking for that silver lining, but really being being able to see where the the paradigm that each of us has been living is shifting whether we want it or want it to or not it's shifting or it's shifted and so where do you find the terra firma within that dynamic state so those are just a couple of thoughts um, that have been coming up for me around dynamic balance um really straddling the shifting state allowing what wants to emerge shedding what is no longer serving and um noticing our our uh, attachment to some of those those old ways of being and doing and um even leading and they're all shifting they're all shifting so it's it's an opportunity mm-hmm. to create something new and uh it's terrifying and very exciting at the same mm-hmm. time I'd love to yeah, add I think to that really briefly. Oh, I'm sorry, but this about the dynamic, it almost feels as if we're being asked very directly now to um, to move away from this illusion of um, linearity and predictability mm-hmm. that we've been thinking for so long was real. 
And and mm-hmm. and now we're being asked in no uncertain terms to leave that kind of thinking or illusion behind um, to feel comfortable mm-hmm. and, and okay and at ease and um together in 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 a, a new and more real kind of, of human experience really that's much more dynamic and unpredictable and that um yeah i i really love that sherry thank you it's fun yeah i think as i'm listening this is a footnote lynn before you jump in Crano's <laughs> point here so my bookmark i've been reading rereading the the, 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 on the back of it, he has his little quote and says, here's a test to find whether your mission on earth is finished. If you're alive, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All-time favorite books. Love that book. <laughs> yeah, love that book. Yeah, Lynn, did you want to say, did you want to add to the conversation? Just listening to everyone, I think it's just really, it's, I had the image of the phoenix rising from the ashes. I mean, just, um, it, it really is about creating something new from a place that um, everything we knew as a society has changed. I mean, the economy is a challenge. I mean, just all the dynamics. And I really appreciated what Al was saying. It's easy to get caught up in the negativity. And I'm really aware of that when I'm around people just starting to notice, wow, that is not the the place I want to tune into because Mm. uh, from a sacred change maker standpoint, um, if we want to be shining the light on, on the things, you know, that are opportunities and thinking like everyone's talking about here, thinking in a new way, a less linear way and allowing space for things to emerge and that's that's a lot of the work that we do with our clients and it's it's uncomfortable in foreign territory for them and so it's like how do we create a, a space that says yeah it's going to be messy but let's 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 create something from a different way of, of being and doing So let me ask you guys something, because I love everything that you've all said. I mean, we've had some really great terms come out already. Things like creative destruction, dynamic balance, you know, emergence, yin and yang, all these different terms that to me are speaking to like a an awakening of sorts. It's like we've got our eyes wide open now right, which in a way, perhaps pre-pandemic, maybe we were a little bit more in the illusion that some people are talking about. But this links into a number of things that I think are very important. The first of which is the awakening. The second is we all talk a lot about Mm -hmm. consciousness and how that kind of aligns Mm -hmm. with change. And then the third thing for me that I just wanted to kind of put into the conversation is for me, listening to all of you right now, feels this feels like a time of integration because we've awakened, because we're raising our consciousness, mm-hmm. we're aware of more, we're aware of the polarities, mm-hmm. the yin and yang, we're, we're aware of the positives and the negatives, we're aware of the mm-hmm. individual and how we see the world right now, but also the collective like whether that's our mm-hmm. organization, whether that's our country, whether that's how we think the world is seeing what it's going through right now. It's like this, this everything's expanded so that we're kind of integrating mm. all of this information, this knowledge, obviously enabled by technology too, and real time information. But wow, what a lot. 
is going on here? I mean, does that make sense to you guys? Absolutely. So why sacred and why change maker? Like what role do we have to play in this context we're talking about now? And I would start, Jane, <laughs> uh, taking your idea of integration. Right. Um, for me now is, is an important moment we, we are blessed to live in. Mm. Because we are kind of integrating humbly our identity with something bigger mm. and the sacredness comes from us aiming to be in this short life we have more than human mm. and this starts with looking at every single moment that this is something i've learned from you and nick looking at life as what if we would be sacred? How would we treat ourselves? What if life in its essence, it is sacred because it is. <laughs> can, can, we, can we look at life in a sacred way? And then can we integrate everything in, in mm. us being of service and treating the work we do as something sacred? which mm -hmm. comes closer to that idea of purpose. You don't have a job. Irrespective of what you're doing, mm -hmm. my lesson recently was I don't need to cling on finding a shiny purpose. Mm -hmm. I might choose to see the sacredness in everything I do now. And it's, it's kind of scary, you know, I feel like very vulnerable to, to say, yeah, we, we can be sacred change makers in everything we do. Mm -hmm. And it's integrating us as humans with something bigger than us. We know we are. We are learning now more and more to connect with this higher self we have access to and we have inside us. Beautiful. Thank you, Queen. You have a lot. That's that's that great. I'm sitting beautiful. here. I've got my mind reeling. Thanks, Queen. <laughs> that's, that's, that's rich. Yeah, it's it is. It's like having a sense of reverence for yourself, for your where, the way you show up in the world, the way we work. I love love that, Karina. And I think for me, what what you're talking about, what what just came was that that sacredness for me is very much um, not so as mystical as I used to think it is, but it's it's really very much about an opening to, we've talked about the we space, but a collective field and something that's even bigger than that possibly. Mm -hmm. so, so so the integration for me is also the, the ability to open and stay open, remain open. Um, and there are a lot of current buzzwords that fit into that, of course, but, but, but really in that sense, it's, it's also about um, opening the heart. Mm -hmm. and, and while that can sound sort of um, 
I would say fluffy. I I, I also have the experience that I, I see that and I, I hear and experience that in very mundane everyday conversations and interactions. So, so it's really a, 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 a sort of a, um, um, well, resonance levels or, or let's say vibration levels that can be both very large and incomprehensible, but also very mundane and simple in a way. And it's all just one thing. And I think in that space, sacredness becomes really, I was going to say, almost obvious in a way. I love that. I love that, Claudia. You know, it's so interesting to me because I, when when Jane opened this part of the conversation, I immediately got overwhelmed. Right, it's all <laughs> kinds of things, and there's all these different technologies, and there's all all these opportunities and everything. And so for for me, the the sacred part of this, and when I think about sacred change maker, I mean, whoa, it sounds like a really heavy, scary, burdened responsibility. God, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? What did I sign up for? But, but really, the way that, that I see it is to be very, very present. So with, within, within all of the, the noise and the distraction, the potential distraction, it's an opportunity to get very, very present and to get very, very focused on specific mm -hmm. things and do those things with the kind of reverence that Karina, I think you were talking about, being very mindful, being very intentional. So moment to moment, we have this very, very deep, narrow focus within this context, this realm of truly infinite mm -hmm. possibility and deep connectedness as one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And it, it's actually a bigger theme. There's a little bit of an arc I think I'm hearing too, and that there is this collective, this emergence, this, this part of why, you know, being recognizing, I should say, being part of this much greater whole. Um, and it's really easy also to get overwhelmed by the toxicity and the negativity. And then at the end of the day, which is what the conversation I'm hearing now is, what a, what's role do we want to play, right? And that we're always a choice. So no matter how chaotic it is out there, no matter how tempting it is, may, now I think it's clear to say more than ever, have there ever been more choices because of technology and connectedness? Mm -hmm. We're so distracted and pulled outside of ourselves and everyone's, you know, working very hard and spending a lot of money to grab our attention and our money and our focus and all those things. But at the end of the day, we're always a choice, right? So it's like, what are we choosing and where are we focusing? And to your point, Claudia, I think it was you that, you know, it is about staying open and choosing heart and coming from, you know, a higher level of resonance and vibration and bringing um, calm and peace and love in the places where there is toxicity and hate and division. And it begins with us. It's easy to get grandiose, I think, and be like, well, the world needs to do that or the government or our leaders or point, you know, at all these big, you know, big, scary, big, powerful people or groups. End of the day, it's just us, right? It's just what are we going to choose today in this moment, in this hour, in this relationship? Uh, it, that's what's mm -hmm. correct to me with what you guys have all been sharing. It's, I think that's so important. Yeah, I was thinking of wax on, wax off. You know, how do we yeah. used to I used to listen to Tick Not Han and how do you how do you um like you were saying, Claudia, washing the dishes or doing anything mundane, but like keeping my resonance and my vibration on a different 
you know, on a higher level frequency, because that's what I'm bringing to every interaction with anyone. Yeah. The person on the helpline that isn't being helpful, you know, <laughs> how do I stay in a balanced place and not go, you know, to a gnarly place with that? It really, it's like any of yeah. those things in life. Yeah. It's Great. fascinating. Yeah. And I love that we're talking about just everyday life here, like not just the, like you said, Al, the grandiose notions of changing the world as a sacred change maker, but what's the difference I can make right now in this moment? I actually played with this. Uh, in December, I was in an airport. I was traveling to Arizona to see you, Lynn. And um, I, I, I was really kind of consumed with this idea of soul at the time, really exploring what it means like to to be sacred, to really not only embrace the sacred internally myself, but to see it in others. And so when I was going on this trip, it's the first time I've been in big crowded places since lockdown. And I thought, okay, right. So I'm in Dallas airport and I could not believe how many people were just staring at their phones, like walking and knocking into each other and staring at their phones. And so I decided to change my whole energy and just see what would happen. And so I changed my energy and thought, okay, I just want to be very open. All the things you're talking about, very present. I'm going to lead with soul, not just with Jane, right? I'm going to lead from my soul. I'm going to talk from my soul to everybody from ordering some food to going up to the desk to get my seat and all that stuff. And so, but what was fascinating to me was people started looking up. They started looking me in the eye and smiling. They start, I started to get this connection with people, nonverbal. We were just sat at the gate waiting to board the plane. And I think there must have been about 20 people made eye contact with me and just smiled. And it just changed the whole, it, I could almost see it ripple through. So one of the things I wanted to say was, yes, it begins internally, but it's also, I believe, our responsibility to connect like with resonance to the soul in others, even when they're mm -hmm. disrupted, or like you said, Lynn, you know, they're on a on a customer service line, but they're not being helpful, <laughs> right? It's to yeah. allow people, it's all it almost feels like giving people permission to be safe enough to just be themselves. Mm -hmm. And to mm -hmm. me, that feels mm -hmm. fundamental to what it means to be a sacred change maker. But what mm. I want to ask you now is, what has this got to do with your work? How does this kind of come into the work you do in the world? Well, for me, it comes in everywhere. It's <laughs> yeah. just everything that I do. So the, the whole objective here is to create a safe enough place I used to call it a safe place. And now I, I added this mm. enough piece mm. to it because you can't have it be totally safe. You know, there's no real totally safe place, maybe mm -hmm. in, the, in general. So is it safe enough? And this is something that we discussed earlier in our sacred change maker circle with uh, David Wetton, I think he, he brought up the enough part. And I thought, oh, I took note of that because it's really important. And, and Jane, to your point about shifting the energy and, and opening and, and creating that kind of uh, acceptance. I don't know, maybe my microphone's not working too great here. Um, one of the things that, that I learned many years ago was this intentional practice of igniting your heart light. And it sounds kind of silly, but when you intentionally ignite your heart light, 
and decide to share it with the world. It's an amazing experiment. And I did, the first time I did it was really funny. <laughs> I was driving down the road. This is very, very just mundane driving down the road. And I live in the in the rural area. So I'm driving, I said, I'm gonna ignite my heart light, see what happens. So it's like nobody around, you know, it's farms and stuff. So I'm driving down the road, driving down the road. All of a sudden there's these guys uh, on uh, riding lawnmowers, right? Doing the doing somebody's estate. And they're all focused and everything. And I'm driving along, driving along, and I just glance over. They glance over and they're waving. I'm thinking, so watch what you're doing. Seriously, they can see that. Normally, that's a pretty myopic, you better stay right here in your lane of mowing grass, you know. But they were open because I think they were feeling that energy, that resonance mm -hmm. of it's attractive, right? And you're give, right. giving permission to open and then connect. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Oh. If I may add there, Ashari, just really briefly, if I can. <laughs> but but that's so in that eye contact in that moment, it, there's there's um, I think there's real magic in in seeing the other person, like really seeing that other person. If it's only just for a brief second, and I think in my work uh, with a lot of people, uh, um, it's it, it, it it's this. One thing is listening, but also seeing that person and also seeing mm -hmm. beyond the not being helpful on the helpline, the the behavior that's present, because like it can have so many roots, right? It, it could be so many explanations for that specific mm -hmm. behavior, but, but to actually just soften into seeing beyond that and seeing the person, if it's only for a second, but I was going to say for, for who they are behind that behavior or without mm -hmm. the behavior, and also sometimes I make, and it's a funny exercise, but but I, I like to see people a bit bigger than they are. Mm. And, and it's amazing what comes out of that, just that mm -hmm. that way of seeing somebody else. And I don't know for, mm -hmm. for sure for myself, when somebody sees me like that, that there's really a <laughs> sort of a, a spiritual, a very open moment there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's so I think you're, you're... magic in, in seeing, as you're saying, Shari. No, that's great. Claudia, that's great. I'm, it's, I'm thinking about what you just shared is perfect with business. Like, how does that show up in business? And I think that's really what I know. I'll speak for me. Like what we do in our business is help people with being bigger and seeing them beyond the behavior, mm -hmm. right? That all of the business leaders at the end of the day are just people like all mm -hmm. of us, but they can mm -hmm. have fancy titles or drive really fancy cars or make lots of money or have all these things which can be a wall between us. And it's, it's really an illusion at the end of the day. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just people trying to figure it out in this crazy world, I always like to say. And so related to business, a big part of it is pulling back those things, like breaking down the wall, use a Pink Floyd analogy, breaking down the wall, right? So that we can, you know, really become more humanistic in our um, everyday business lives, Still honoring the boundaries, honoring the commitments, the in, the intensity that go with business day in and day out, but bringing more humanity to that process. And you know, maybe oversimplified, I summarize it in saying like basically it's the being and the doing, right? Everyone's really busy doing, and you know, everyone, a lot of people have heard probably you know we're human beings, not human doings. But I think in business, it's about bringing, reminding people who they really are. It's who you're being while you're doing it that really mm -hmm. creates impact. And it's just mm -hmm. like you shared, Jane, and what you all have shared in different ways, how we show up is mirrored by the experiences that we have. 
So I, last thing I'll say is just, I always notice that if I'm getting a certain response back from people, I take, try to take responsibility for that. How am I showing up that's eliciting that? And how can I show up differently to have a different impact to get more, mm-hmm. more heart, more connection, more soul in my relationships? Mm-hmm. Now you spoke to something there, Al, which um, I don't want to just kind of brush over it because we all know this, but I'm not so sure the listeners have heard this so much on the podcast, which is that, you know, business is the assumption underneath what you said is that in the past, there hasn't been a lot of room for humanity in business, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of what I heard you say. Mm-hmm. So I'm yes. going to be provocative and and say, because I don't think I've said this on this podcast, I've said it on other people's, but not on this, that business is become a waste ground of the soul. So my question to mm-hmm. you guys is, is there space for soul and sacred in business? Yes or no? I mean, it, you could go either way with this. Is there? Is it possible? It's yes. not just possible, it is absolutely necessary would be my stance <laughs> and my whole work is around this. So so mm-hmm. in order to get all the best we can, I mean, organizations are just illusions again, right? It's something we've made up. So what's really, it's, it's a lot of people collaborating with one another or at least trying to. <laughs> but but so so again, we're back to to most of the the wealth and the value created in, in this world is is human beings interacting with one another and and, mm-hmm. and, and innovate all of that. So 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 business is really in essence very human. And until we can be fully human in that, we've we've just not come near the potential that we have there. I know it sounds like a lot of uh, uh, like fluffy buzzwords, but but I, I think when you look into business, it's also very very obvious what happens or can happen when people are allowed to be fully themselves coming to work mm-hmm. instead of having to navigate all these crazy ideas and constructions <laughs> that we have that that so often just insert friction between us and creating the divisions that, that you're also mentioning, Al. So, so I think uh, really in business, less is more and the more space we can have for just being human and mm-hmm. making an, an effort, a human effort, the best we can, um, I think the, the more value for everybody, including the planet and all the peace that we're looking at. So, so I think it's a necessity much more than an opportunity, really. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, just building on what you're saying, Claudia, the, the pandemic really just unleashed or opened what was already running, you know, under kind of kept under, under a beach, like a beach ball under the water and it just released it. I mean, because people have been searching for more, meaning and you know so employees and the marketplace I mean, people are waking up and they're demanding it so the workplaces are having to find a way to respond to this like how do we engage people in a way that's going to work for them because they're asking for it right mm-hmm. i mean does that make sense to you all yeah you took the words out of my mouth so i am <laughs> tracking with you i think i picked your up your vibes lynn i don't know but saying the same thing and i've said that to some of you before some ways the pandemic was like a huge timeout like with little kids it's like okay you're on timeout now so it was like the whole world had to go into your little holes your caves your home you're not allowed to interact 
you need to reflect on all the bad behavior and then we'll let you out over time. Right. That's right. sort of like what happened. And with business, I think that's part of it is that it took the beach ball is such a great, I love that the beach ball underwater just pops out and it's like, okay, <laughs> now we really have to deal with this. And I think that's what's happened. The, the humanity, the soul of who we are as people and human and human beings is emerging in, for example, it's still emerging, but like hybrid workplace, work from mm -hmm. home, having more mm -hmm. integration of our personal lives and our work lives. That's been, you know, for extraordinary life, our business, it's all been about that. The integration of life, leadership, mm -hmm. and your legacy is happening in real time. They aren't separate. You can't say, well, mm -hmm. who I am at work and who I am at home are totally different. If you're really believing that, you're lying to yourself, I would say, because the truth is we're people wherever we go, there we are. So, you know, I think the the fact that we're look business has been forced to shift to a more integrated understanding of honoring who we are as people, you know, as, mm -hmm. you know, soulful, sacred beings and having to make sense of um, honoring our personal life family commitments with our business commitments. And one isn't necessarily obviously mm -hmm. more important than other. And that's where the equation was flipped. I think in business, business was always yeah. number one, sacrifice your mm -hmm. family for the business. And there's all these excuses about why that's okay. And mm -hmm. it's really taken its toll and it's, it's, it's shifting now, mm -hmm. I believe, which is in a really great way. So somehow Jane, I'm, I'm thinking that it's a matter of, evolving our language mm. because yeah. and and of course evolving the structures and the ways of, of of being in organizations but if we if we just think of this you know beautiful idea of the why in the business in the end what is the why behind a business which will make it a success is the soul of that business mm -hmm. and the soul of that business is obviously related with what difference are you going to make in the world through that work you do as an organization. Simon mm -hmm. Sinek is doing a brilliant job in his books, highlighting how businesses who have a clear why, which is not about profit, of course, <laughs> mm -hmm are in the end the most successful it's like the deal breaker yeah and now maybe we yeah. see more and more the conversation evolving towards you know purpose and um, then you know soul this this idea of, of soul and sacred work but in the end it's it's really connected with with us also not being afraid to mm -hmm. to put us as humans on the first place in the workplace and i'm i'm positive i see a trend i see leadership evolving we are i would say far away from that you know sales focused directive um Sorry, Al, alpha male <laughs> leadership time. <laughs> and moving towards balancing the, the mm. let's say, uh, healthy or sacred masculine and feminine energies mm. in the same leader. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, Bringing nurture 
to structure, bringing mm-hmm. heart to our brains. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are, I would say, pioneers. We learn, we will make mistakes. But I think this is the goal to 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 get towards this this soul which blends both parts. I love Krina to that point. I think that's per, I mean that is part of in my view sacred change maker is bringing forth the more the the more holistic, you know, honoring mm-hmm. the holistic in us, the yin and the yang, the masculine and the feminine that we all have as who we are as opposed to the dichotomy and the polarization mm-hmm. and that priority and vi- value over the other somehow is better or worse. That's, we've been on that path for a very long time. And, you know, mm-hmm. to your point, the hierarchical organization, patriarchal organizations, absolutely. And bringing more integrated, dare I say, soulful, you know, approach to mm-hmm. who we all are. So I think that's a fantastic point. It's a great reminder. So let me, I, I love everything you've said <clears throat> and um, I'm completely with it. Now, I'm also putting myself in the shoes of some of our listeners and thinking, okay, now we've kind of said the kind of things they probably expect us to. And there's probably, you know, maybe a few people listening that think, well, yeah, but that's all very well in the abstract and the conceptual and, you know, in terms of the idealism of what we want in this world. But what about the dark side? What about the reality, the day-to-day reality of shifting, you know, organizational life in the direction that we're talking about? I mean, what is, do we have a responsibility? This is kind of my question as change makers to invite people into this world, because I know all of you like me have met people, leaders that are very cynical and see this as idealistic. And, you know, at the end of the day, they've just got to get profit and more out of their people at any cost. And, you know, shareholders are kind of, you know, chomping at the bit for more profit. Right. So there's all these stresses and yet here we mm-hmm. are talking about this, this kind of almost utopian future of business and organizational mm-hmm. life. How do you deal with that in your work? Like, do you, do you kind of work with people that don't get it? Or do you try and convince them and bring them in? Because we do have social proof now for exactly what you're saying about businesses are more successful when they when they have soul and humanity in that. Or do you just stick with the people that get it and are already like maybe in the conscious capitalism movement, maybe moving towards this kind mm-hmm. of a holistic perspective on business? Anyway, what's our responsibility here, guys? So for yeah. we. <laughs> well, we tend to attract, or I, I tend to attract in my company the people that I would say are on the cusp of kind of waking up and shifting in their consciousness and their awareness of these things, and they're still a bit skeptical. And uh, you know, so it's you know they're saying, I, I don't, I don't have time to worry about people's emotions. You know, we have work to do. It's like, okay, well, can you? you know, validate that you're working with human beings and social creatures, you know, that if you, if you want them to, if you want to positively influence them, what if you understood their world a little bit better? So you knew how to connect with them and relate to them and just go try this. Uh, you know, so just go try something where they step over to that person's world and imagine their way of thinking and their values and 
have a conversation from that standpoint and then let's come back and see what happened you know and they'll come back and they'll say that was like magic you know it's, and it's a little bit you know we work a little more different tools and more specifically than that but it's that principle and once they start taking those steps and they see that it works that it's a both and okay i can spend a little time understanding people and in this realm of messy emotions uh, and learn how to navigate that with a little more ease and see that it also benefits the business and it also benefits why we exist. So we can, you know, fulfill our purpose and, you know, what we're contributing in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question, Jane. From no, the- it's good. It does. Because it, it does, it answers it in a very practical, pragmatic way about how you approach your work and 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 the reality of how people feel about this, because this is a big change we're asking of business, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of history and a lot of experience. And, you know, it's kind of like that cliched statement of, you know, we rest on the success we've had in the past to get us where we want to go in the future. But the truth is today, and I really believe this with all of my heart and soul, that what got us here is not going to get us there. (laughs) Right. You know, in the words of, I think it was Marshall Goldsmith who said that, but it's true. (laughs) And so, you know, it's not just about learning the new, it's letting go of the old to make space for the new. That's kind mm. of how I see it. Mm. And we're obviously blowing out everybody's internet because Claudia and Shari, great to see you back. Okay, so what about the rest what? of you? I mean, how do you feel about the responsibility of this work? Al, go on. Well, no, it, what occurs to me and what you're just sharing, Lynn, is really important, too, is that, and what I mean, the whole conversation, again, I think moving to more of a holistic yin-yang integration, there's a there's a value, I think, or a discovery process, let's put it that way, in business that's happening of the value of collective wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think traditionally, it was like, we're the leaders, we know best, we'll tell you what to do. That's part of that sort of patriarchal, hierarchical norm that we've lived through for many many years um but i think now it's realizing that as our Mm -hmm. world has gotten much much smaller much much more complex dealing with problems we never even knew we would have that we now need to solve that the importance of collective wisdom from all different places all employees in a business appreciating you know what each person uniquely brings and being able to tap into that insight wisdom experience learning is so much more exponent is exponentially more powerful Mm -hmm. and i think that's also part of the dynamic in business that's shifting is realizing the power of that is how do we tap into all of the insight that's available in all of our employees whether it's a five-person business or a two hundred thousand person business right how do we tap into that to solve very complex problems that we have today I, I would really like to to highlight this beautiful uh, idea you brought to the table, Al, because on one hand, I think we are really fortunate as, as you know, uh, people working with pe- people, helping them to bring their best. And in this safe space, I would say, and I don't have hundreds of years of coaching, but experience, but um, I was never disappointed. Every client, 
even the one I was not really having high expectations in the end was able to show that beautiful part of their soul. So I totally believe it is inside each and every leader, irrespective of how they feel they need to show up in a certain moment. Now, at the same time, we shouldn't fool ourselves and we do have a role here. And I think it's our role to um, stay comfortable in the discomfort of showing someone, is this really how you want to be seen? Or is this really how you want to be remembered as a leader, as a person? And in a safe space and with the tools we can offer, it is a very, um, you know, offering next step there. But we need to stand solid on our ground because it's very easy and we, we, we don't want to please our clients. We need to step in our soul, in our role. Guess what? In our soul, <laughs> in our yeah. soul's journey, in our role as, as change makers. And I, again, I don't want to, for, for, for anyone listening to us to think, oh my God, we, we believe we are the fantastic, I don't know, six we are here. <laughs> no. It's it's really having that that uh, privilege to to have the trust of somebody opening in front of you, hmm. or even a leadership team opening to you, and you creating that safe space when people will recognize in the end, oh my God, I really got this wrong, and I have to change now. Hmm. And then we we send on a we sit on a solid ground and we kind of narrow the option and we help them to go towards the 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 growth part. It's not something we will decide. It's a choice, but we can do our part. It is challenging, Krina. I think you're right. I mean, you know, working with people who. In business, it is complex. There are no simple answers. And that's the change maker part is how do we bring, you know, essence and shine the light of essence and heart, however you want to label it versus <laughs> ego and, you know, ego, <laughs> essence or ego, <laughs> and making a choice to bring essence in the face of ego. And it, it can be very challenging. Ego mm -hmm. is very powerful and strong and does not want to back down. And yet, mm -hmm. if you bring ego to ego, it creates more ego and it just blows up, right? So essence, I think, is sort of like the sun on ice using mm -hmm. appropriate analogy for winter, um, but it slowly melts, you know, the ego and it allows it in to bring more of the humanity to let it shine through is such an important mm -hmm. part. And it sounds, you're right. I know none of us here are sitting here like, oh, we have all the answers. It's such a complex thing, but I think in the spirit of the big picture of, of identifying as a sacred change maker it is remembering that you're always the choice am i colluding with closed egoistic <laughs> behavior or am i going to choose more powerfully to bring more essence and heart and light in the face of that egoistic behavior 
and it is not easy by any means. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is very, very challenging, um, especially mm -hmm. when a lot's at stake or there's a lot of stakeholders or a lot of money or whatever the issue is that mm -hmm. business is facing. It is, there's a bit of a, a spiritual warrior element to it is how I look at it. So um, yeah, not simple at all and important. It's kind of interesting. There's something bubbling up for me as you're talking, Alan, actually in the entire conversation. And it's not something I've thought of before. And, and so I'd love to get your sense of it. Because what I'm hearing is that it's almost like we're, we're inviting leaders to reflect on and potentially change the purpose of their business. Right. So what I want to ask you guys is, what do you see or how would you describe the true essence or the true purpose of business? Like, what is business about? What's it for? <laughs> oh, that's all. Just that question. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> And this is going to go into the new manuals for the <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I think the 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 purpose of business is to serve, and it's uh, the very obvious is of course to serve your customers, your clients, and really um, make life easier or better or whatever it is for them, but to add value there, however that's expressed. Mm -hmm. And it's also larger than that. So so there's also service to, I mean, there's a systemic consideration here. It's also service to the planet that we're inhabiting, uh, if, if nothing else, then because of the practicality of actually having a place to live uh, 100 or 200 years down the road for those who come mm -hmm. after us. Um, so depending on on where each of us stand, how ever you know how how big a nested loop or a systemic consideration we can hold but to the highest of our abilities to to serve and make better and be in value or, or create value for mm. those that we serve in whatever loop size that now mm. is minimum of course our, our customers maybe our mm -hmm. local communities maybe the world the earth maybe the so whatever right but 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 when we can do that and we make money from it then that's a healthy business that's a reason that or that's that's a business that has a real purpose as yeah. i see it and i can hear right now as you say all that the business leaders out there are screaming and you have to make money <laughs> right it's right. like mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day I think that's an important mm -hmm. thing not to step over the elephant in the room when you're right. talking about sure. business. Absolutely. It's about adding value and contributing and you have to be profitable because then if you're not profitable and you can't run your business, you can't serve and contribute in that way. Yeah. So, but, it, but it's also, if you can't add value, how will you, you know, charge prices? So, so I think there's in, in yeah. that, the, the, mm -hmm. when you can do that, when you, really understand what's valuable for your clients or customers or whatever constituency stakeholder circle you're looking at, then that's what's actually going to give you the profit. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I really love both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And maybe that's the, yeah. actually the point is there's even a polarization in that that maybe isn't is is inaccurate, right? Is there sort of belief that you have to make money or you have to really serve and care about people? I think that's also maybe the thing in the room right now too is that that's that's a misnomer. It's inaccurate, it, and yeah. that's where we're merging to is realizing truly successful businesses are the ones that are filling a need, right? Really simply put, mm-hmm. really adding tremendous value to people's lives, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, they happen to be really profitable. Well, that, that's all part of the same equation. They're not exclusive. Yeah. yeah. And people want to be a part of those organizations because they can relate to it. They can see how they're contributing to something larger than themselves out in the world, which someone talked about that when we started this conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because we've kind of come full circle back to this space of integration and kind of yes and, and it's almost like there's an inclusivity here in in business that I'm hearing, which, you know, really adds to the purpose. I mean, you, you articulated it so well, Claudio, like what has been missing you know, in terms of the service, the value, you know, to all stakeholders, you know, whether they're employees inside, customers outside, leaders at the top of the organization, wherever it is. But it's about creating that value. And then Al, you came in with something that could, like you say, we often think of it as creating tension to that, a polarity of, and we've got to make money. And yes, that's what distinguishes business from a not-for-profit is, you know, we do need to make Mm -hmm. money. And I think one of the shifting perspectives that we help to bring to organizational life is this idea that you actually, they're not mutually exclusive. You know, you Mm -hmm. actually get your highest levels of performance through exactly what you Mm -hmm. were talking about, Claudia. So I think you really articulated that well. So I want to kind of expand this out a little bit and say, and it's kind of a closed question, but do you believe business can change the world? I just want to know. <laughs> it is changing the world. I mean, that's oh, thank you, <laughs> I don't know if it can. It is. I mean, just look around. I mean, it, it, wow. Some guy had an idea of a thing called an iPhone, right? And, yeah. and change the world like suddenly your computer in your pocket is exponentially more powerful than all the computers they had to put man on the moon or or people Mm -hmm. on the moon it was men at that time um but you know it's it's that that is business changing the world right and so at the end of the day apple's a business and they change the world google's a business changing the world etc there's so many examples right (laughs) cars horses everyone you know was Cars will never replace horses. <laughs> I mean, literally, right? That was the whole thing. And Ford changed that. So, um, you know, I'll stop there. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. Al. I think it, it, we've seen for a long time that 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 businesses are much more powerful, actually, than most, if not all, governments of the world and all nation states and all of these. It, it, there's just the resourcefulness the creativity and and mm-hmm. and and also the, the direct impact on on everybody's lives the eight hours a day that we spend in enterprises or in organizations it's just such a i mean business is just a, a massive power and with that also i think comes a massive responsibility right yeah that that uh, we can invite 
people into as as we work along yeah too. this is this is beautiful because i've i've seen how more and more people tend to take this responsibility mm. and uh, business by no means i i think we are all in agreement businesses are changing the world and um i think we 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 have to let go a bit the judgment about how many bi- many businesses kind of destroyed part of our lives and see also how let's say the internet offered such a an opening mm. and such a communication allowed us to go through the pandemic and the steps forward businesses allowed mm. um, gave us a certain freedom that can no longer be taken back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, with this freedom, I I would think more of like I wouldn't blame the business leaders or expect from the business leaders to to do the right thing. I think each and every person has the responsibility and can take the responsibility to play an active role. Mm. And we've seen how for employees, it is more and more important that their organization is doing the right thing for the environment, for example. And I'm thrilled to see the young generation choosing uh, their next job according to more than, okay, how much this company will pay me. Mm. And once they are in, they, they, they try to play a more active role. So um, we, we kind of need to take our power back. And uh, with this power, we will be able to influence more how, how businesses impact the world in a positive way. You mean as consumers and employees? Yeah, yeah as consumers, as employees. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that, Karina. And this is the year we're now in 2023 when uh, Gallup uh, told us last year that 75% of the US workforce will be made up of millennials this year. 75%, mm. <laughs> which wow. is really shifting everything. Okay, guys, Mm -hmm. I can just noticing the time. So I just want to ask each of you to just kind of finish off our conversation and kind of bring us to completion by just sharing a few words of wisdom, you know, something to either inspire or motivate or whatever it feels to you, our listeners, or maybe there's something that you wanted to us to cover that we haven't had chance to yet. I mean, what might that be? For for me, I would say, um, and I've had audio problems, so my apologies for being absent for part of the conversation, but I was here gesticulating and listening (laughs) while I navigate the technology. 
<laughs> yeah, great. So um, parting words, I, I, you know, great conversation, you guys. And I, I think the one of the most important things is to just start, start right where you are, meet people right where they are. Mm-hmm. We don't need to to make big moves. We don't need to be overwhelmed. We don't need to take on a mission that that is so big that you don't get anywhere. I mean, I think many, many of us have worked in organizations where the vision is huge and we're marching forward mm-hmm. and then you completely get lost in, in all of the um, this, the sweep of, of responsibilities and tasks and everything else. And then the vision is clouded. The why is missing and people get disengaged and they pull out and they go find something else. So the point here is to really connect deeply, meaningful conversation, really understand the vision, the goal, the mission of an organization you're working for or with, see how you can contribute even outside of your role or re- help redefine your own role so that you can add value in the way that only you can. Whatever that is, if you're working for an organization or if you're a coach and or starting a business, I truly do believe that um, business is driving the world and um, that it's it's not mutually exclusive. Having a great profits and having a great heart-centered business where everyone feels engaged and, and is, is driving towards a purposeful mission, that's a great thing. It's a terrific thing. And I think it's very possible. So uh, for me, that's what it's all about is building that trust, building that connection, opening the doors, walking through into the uncertainty and uh, and being okay with that, being okay. We're, we're incredible beings. We have way, way, way more power than any of us know. We're just starting to realize some of that right now. So I'm with you guys. I'm excited to, to continue this journey and uh, I'll stop now. Thank you, Jane, for having me on. Thank you, Shai. Well said. <laughs> It's funny because we've we've obviously been talking very much in the collective space, and 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 but what comes to mind is really um, Joseph Campbell, uh, Pathways to Bliss. I I think also connecting to what you said, Karina. Each one of us, it has to start also with each one of us. So this. Um, there's nothing you can do that's more important than being fulfilled or follow your bliss from Mm -hmm. Joseph Campbell is is Mm -hmm. what I would like to send out Mm -hmm. uh, to everybody uh, in the beginning of this year. If we can all live into that and find our own greatness and and bliss and then take everything from there, I think the world just with that would be uh, a bit of a better place. What's occurring to me is um, this: I have this image of the train has left the station. We're no longer in Kansas, and <laughs> the world has drastically changed. And so, for all of us, and we were talking about it today, is to get comfortable with the discomfort of not knowing. Or so that's that's a mantra I say to myself regularly. I'm going to sit in the discomfort of not knowing, and then. Like you were saying, Shari, I mean, just take small steps consistently over time. That leads to big changes, but to stick with it, um, because that's a path of transformation if you just stick with it. I love that, Lynn. We're no longer in Kansas. (laughs) It just makes you giggle. (laughs) 
Yeah, just to build on what everyone has shared is that it does start with you, like we've talked about, and it is about embracing the discomfort and the unknown. Um, and I think there is also a place of, you know, at the end of the day, what do, you know, what do we do for those of us that work in coaching or executive coaching or with businesses? I think if I'd pick one word, what we're really doing is is it's awareness. We're raising mm -hmm. awareness, right? Turning up the mm -hmm. lights so that people can better see themselves. And why is that really important? It's vital because we all have blind spots, assumptions and beliefs that we have about what we think the way the world is or should be, or that we're right and everyone else is wrong. All that mm -hmm. comes from blind spots and not having the awareness or the level of understanding about who we are, which would help us better understand who others are. And in that awareness, we can then make more powerful choices, right? Mm -hmm. About And we've talked about that through today. I've heard variations of that. Choices that we're making. Um, I always, people might have heard this, but I always say this. It's like every choice you're making is bringing you closer or farther away from what you most want. Mm -hmm. right? It's one of my most favorite insights I had ever was realizing everything from what I put on, when I go to bed, what goes in my mouth, who I spend time with, <laughs> you know, colleagues, companies I work with, businesses I work with, all of those choices are impacting and shaping my life for something greater or for something lesser than mm -hmm. for what I really want. So, and the last thing, the other part of that equation I would offer is, or two more things, sorry, is boundaries, right? It's really important to have boundaries because we're totally mm -hmm. inundated all the time. Like we said, everyone's trying to mm -hmm. steal our attention and focus. And at the end of the day, being grateful. I mean, if you really mm -hmm. want access to higher vibrational levels and really being in a place mm -hmm. of heart and peace and understanding and connection and community, it's being grateful for who we are and who we're not, who others are, all the gifts that we have, and, and not forgetting all those things and letting it be corrupted by all the political and social pollution out there that 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 pulls us away from being grateful so i'll stop there i i can only <laughs> smile because uh when uh, when sherry started summarizing <laughs> i said ready well now what are we going to add and then <laughs> each of us was able to add more and more and and Al kind of spread all his wisdom and whew, and still, I I would add something which I, I truly feel now. Mm. We should never underestimate the power we have to change and to drive change. Mm. That is really exactly as most of you added bits and pieces with everything you do, with the decisions you make, with with the first thought in the morning, can I wake up and consciously choose to be grateful because I'm alive another day? And can I always, you know, aim to do the good things as, as aligned with my values? And you don't need to be the head of a country. You don't need to be the, the leader of a big organization. You will be surprised about the influence you have. Mm -hmm. If just on your own, 
are mm -hmm. grateful for the day, yeah. if you greet everyone with a smile, and you stay in integrity with doing the right things. Mm -hmm. we, we have a beautiful, beautiful capacity to influence others. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's a choice. Oh my gosh, Karina, thank you so much for bringing us home there. I've just got one word to say to all, all of you. Mic drop. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Mic drop. So thank you. I have, oh gosh, I've really enjoyed our conversation with you today. So many insights. And I know our listeners will feel inspired and, and, and ready to go out into the world because together we will make a huge difference as sacred change makers. So thank you, my friends, for joining us today. So grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Jane, for having us. And what a beautiful to be with all of you. Thank you. Thank you. I've learned so much yeah. from our conversation. Absolutely. What a, what, a, what a lovely way to start the year. That's <laughs> all I keep thinking. Okay, everyone. <laughs> That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all of the resources and the links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. A big thank you to Coaches Business School, who are our podcast sponsors and our extended community who are helping us make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're looking for a little more soul in your life and your business, if you have a sense that you have a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or simply connect with others on your change-making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. But for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.